This episode is sponsored by Overcast, a better podcast app than whatever you're using right now. Unless it's Overcast. Get Overcast for free on the App Store. Welcome back to the Ajima Show. It's your host, it's Peter Kim. And this is Unji Kim. That's right. And we are back, back, back again with another brand new episode of Ajima Show. The sun is shining here in LA. Uh, things are the exact same. It's been every fucking week. And, it continues um, to be the same. It continues. Everything continues to exist in some fashion. Nothing's the same. I got Szechuan food the other day, and I was excited for about 45 minutes because I was like, yeah. something new. I drove out half an hour to Alhambra, which is like the suburbs. You know, it's like saying okay. going to like Niles for you. Okay. And uh, so just to get Chinese food, and that moment was so... Um, beautiful that i got to be in the car alone just listen to some podcast some music and uh catch up with some friends and then i got some chinese food and i got right back to my apartment where i saw the same person i've been looking at (laughs) every waking and sleeping moment of my life i just want to just say i love my boyfriend I am yes. completely, we are more in love than we've ever been. Yeah. And he is my best friend and I hope we die together when we're very, very old. Okay. But right. You don't want to murder him. No, but um, <laughs> I wouldn't mind if he was kidnapped for like yeah. seven days. <laughs> and then you would be whisked away to a different location. Oh, I, maybe, well. you know what? I want to be kidnapped. You know what? Leave yeah. him at home. Yeah. Kidnap me. I'd like to be thrown in the back of a van and then wake up in, I don't know, Bora Bora. Somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> there, I want to be kidnapped. I yeah. want to be kidnapped. Just whisk me out of here. Yes, because at least you wouldn't have to drive. <sighs> like, you'd just be in the back. Trunk or seat. What happened? Yeah, just being tossed around like yeah, a bag of potatoes. That's kind of exciting. That's exciting. You don't know what's going to happen. Anything. Different Vesta. Truly, like, I know this is, like, fucking crazy to say, but in L.A., a rainy day is like, ooh, <laughs> it's like <laughs> something different. It's exciting. Um, oh, the rains have been insane in the Midwest. Rain uh, Has it? Has it been, like, super um, stormy? Yes, very stormy. And also, I think it just recently on record as the wettest month Ever. Fuck. Yeah, ever. That's fucking nuts. Did you, have you seen the footage of the shit in Michigan? The dams breaking? Yeah. Yeah, that's so crazy. I was just thinking about that. I was like looking at the dams breaking video and yeah. then also thinking about how Flint cannot drink water. It's just like, I, and I was just thinking like, I hope somebody in Flint has like a way to take rainwater and filter it you know but these dams are fucking up all of that shit too i mean this is gonna, yeah. this is like bad for water all around I mean, oh yeah and, and people people had to evacuate right like hundreds of thousands of yeah. people what yeah. a absolute nightmare 2020 has been and it just <laughs> continues to outdo itself <laughs> it's like biblical truly biblical i was thinking about that the other day watching like ancient aliens and i'm like yeah come lord jesus christ Yes. Come upon I'm your ready. sheep. Take me, I'm beat ready. me up, Scotty. Let's get yeah, out of here. Go. <laughs> <laughs> Can 
kidnap me. Take me away, baby. Like, truly, like, I'm... It's like, I, listen, I am someone, I think you could call me a skeptical um, science, a skeptical science fan. Like, like I believe in aliens. Uh-huh. I believe. Did you see that fucking thing in Brazil? Yeah. <laughs> Mage, hashtag Mage UFO. <laughs> Bitch, this is top notch. I know we're like. We get made fun of because, you know, Asian Joe Rogan, Asian Joe Rogan, but <laughs> this shit is out of control. When we are say when the gov- when our actual government yes. is declassifying alien information, UFO information, and then we're getting like immediate cover-ups in Mage. If you guys haven't seen this whole coverage in Mage uh Brazil, hashtag Mage UFO, just look it up on Twitter. Apparently, there's a whole Vice article on it. On how things have been deleted off of YouTube. You can't even fuck fucking shit on YouTube. And YouTube is like used to be like the dark web where like it was just like nexus of garbage. And now yeah, that's where lies go. That's where lies go to grow. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's where fake news proliferates. Yeah. Like YouTube is the most the richest, most nutrient rich soil that lies that's right. grow inside. And PK. <laughs> You guys know I've, I started like planting stuff, so now I constantly hear this term MPK, which is nitrogen, potassium, phosphorus, or phosphorus, potassium, and that's like what soil needs for yeah. things to be fertile. Hey, what the fuck is happening over there? Oh, ugh, there's a something's backing up. I don't know. There's always something <laughs> happening on my street. I mean, I'm losing it. I'm completely, and it's not even emotionally. I feel drunk on quarantine. Yes. Right? I feel loopy doopy. I'm not sad. I'm feeling manic and cray. Yes. Yeah. Truly, I open my, yeah, go ahead. No, I I feel like I'm like in my 20s. Like that sort of like kind of keto Uh horniness, (laughs) but also... You know what I'm talking yeah. about? Where you're just like really keyed up and you also have no control yes. over your, your life. Absolutely. Like I, like forgot, I like just forgot about like getting groceries and like things that like are just basic things in my life that I'm in, like very much deeply responsible for. Yeah. Have never had issues fulfilling. Mm-hmm. I, I'm like, I like, I'm looking up from my phone and being like, oh, it's today. Like, <laughs> okay. I, I'm experiencing the exact same thing. You and I tend to have a very similar track. Um, Art, let me ask you this. Have you or have you not, since quarantine, been having waking flashes of memory? Deja vu. Not deja vu. Yeah. yeah. You've been having a lot of deja, deja vu? vu? Yes. Like, I've been having small snippets of deja vu. But <gasps> Okay. Tell me about small snippets of deja vu because that's not what usually my deja vus are, right? But I am getting these small little slivers of yeah. very clear images slash emotional moments yeah. from my life apropos yeah. of nothing. It's almost my brain is saying, okay, that's one last time you're going to experience that memory and now it's... <sighs> gone you know what i mean i wait so you're like experiencing an emotional memory and usually it's when i'm doing something like a manual for example i'm washing my dishes right Uh and just like standing there doing my dishes and all of a sudden i'll get a flash 
of me on my bed in my sunny studio in Knob Hill, mm-hmm. San Francisco, 2008. Boom. Just looking out the window and that feeling of like, I, I made it. I'm here. Just like a sliver moment, nothing, no dialogue, nothing's actually happening. It's literally the, you know, have you ever watched, I'm uh, not red. I watch red. Yes, please. Um, what's her name? Fucking Amy, Amy Poehler's book. Yeah. This is not, you know, uh, whatever a spoiler, but in her book, she talks about this idea of memories being like time machines where you can like go back and experience that moment again genuinely that's kind of what deja vu is right except that's what you're describing is like what i'm feeling like it's like i will be doing something and i will have yeah the it's i guess i guess it's not deja vu but i'm having this exact thing where like it feels like a thing i've done before but i'm having what you're describing which is like i guess it's like a very strong memory of a past time it's like a coding of your amygdala let's say right your emotional response of memory is your amygdala so yes. that's i'm imagining that's like a like a like a burst or something like maybe there's like something happening where it's like and it's just like a well you you know that's what's happening to all of our brains that's all, huh? all my dreams have been fucking vivid bananas really yeah okay mine too yes. and they used to be very stressful and now they're bananas and banal yeah right they're there i'm truly like having sex i'm having sex with like multiple people i was like their gym leader for when they were like freshmen and they're like they're all finger fucking and no i mean truly like insane but and then and like some of them i don't even find it you know what i mean it's just everyone is finger fucking or i'm fucking and then at this next and then i'll like get up and then like give a stapler back to a coworker from 2010. What? That's your dream? Like, yeah, like completely wow. very banal yes. activities yes. that I have done before and insane hypersexual things with people and acquaintances I, I guess sort of remember. But you never like thought of in that way? Never. Yeah. Whoa, that's crazy. Because my dreams have been exactly like that. So vivid and so pointless. Like there, yes. it's not of worth. There's no narrative quality to it. There's no arc. There's no lesson learned. There's no out of no. the ordinary day. It's just normal, ordinary day. I wonder maybe because our brains are becoming mush, I guess. Like, I don't know. So I was listening <sighs> to an, a radio uh, piece about this exact thing. Because what did you a learn? A lot of people are... So our our brains are creating interesting things for us to think, consider. Like it's both doing things that it recalls, like all this like rote memory shit of our our lives prior. Uh-huh. Like most of us, for which it is work, right? There's so many people having dreams about going to work, doing banal things that they used to do every day. Yeah. Like sometimes like going to the workout studio. It's like all these things plus. <sighs> hyper like vivid yeah like interesting weird things that are happening and again very not narrative and it was like this um psychiatrist that was like it's our brains creating interesting things because it needs to remain active like Whoa. even this deja vu shit is like our brains being like let's create another this is what a memory was <laughs> This is what it's like to feel. Oh my god. <laughs> like we need to still do this. Like do you- our brains are Help, helping us 
It's intuitively helping us survive. Uh, 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 what? And what do you mean? Why? Why? Oh, because oh, stay sane. Because without it, our we our semblance of norm, normalcy and reality will just break, and we'll all yeah, go crazy. We'll be too bored. We'll be too bored. Because we don't need to work either, like till the soil. So what is that? What does it mean? If we haven't uplifted ourselves mentally from tilling the soil and we have nothing left to do, what what are we doing? I mean, that's the reason why people are starting to fucking start plant shit again. That's what I'm doing. Yeah, Yeah. planting shit. People are making shit. Like we are all like getting back to doing the work of of living the way of living the way that previous generations yeah. used to do yeah you're right but i've completely process, defaulted yes. back to okay well i gotta survive and truly i don't have to bake i could literally buy bread down the street from my the bakery that's open curbside every day exactly. and it's better but if i don't do it i feel useless and if i feel useless that's not good that that's that's killing yourself yes that's like that's that's sanity that's what it is right yeah. the utility you we all have to feel useful. useful it's the reason why religion is helpful it's the reason yes. why all of us need work i mean like yo is this the perfect time for us to start a f- cult i mean i think we're sort of all right, right? <laughs> yes our 18 member cult we're going strong baby <laughs> Now, what I need all of you to do is leave your family and take all your money and send it to <laughs> at Ajuma Show on Venmo. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I it, it's crazy that I'm this. I mean, it makes me feel better that yes. this is a thing that globally and cosmically we are all dealing yes. with them. That, that makes me feel better. I mean, it feels especially Jungian to me. Yes, absolutely. You know, the collective unconscious shit. And it's like, because also more than ever, so many of our lives are similar in a way that is not like any other point in time in history for quite some time, right? Like Uh so many of our lives are so eerily similar. Yes. Like we're all in that, we're all quarantined. I mean, like it's, and so that's why the fact that we're all expressing ourselves this way as well, that we're tapping into this dream world uh-huh. and the idea that we're all also tapping into the memories of our lives past. I mean, that's crazy. This is crazy. But someone I mean, someone should write us like a movie about this. <laughs> it's not. I mean, we, we, I don't I can barely articulate what's happening. I know, I know. You guys, someone True. Else. But I mean, like I see the images, you know, like it's so beautiful. I just keep flashing back to like that moment sitting on my bed on my in my studio. And I'm like, why was that important? Why is that important now? And oh, you go back to that specific memory a lot. No, no, no. I'm just saying, like, for example, that memory. Right. So another memory okay. I had was um uh, a time in Chicago, I was like cold on the train. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. every fucking day in Chicago. <laughs> but it was this one moment on the Brown line that I remember 
because it was so clear. And I think you're right. I think it, my brain is searching for something more interesting than this get up, do the YouTube workout, you know, like, okay, who's making breakfast today? I'll make breakfast today. Yeah, I'm going to do something different. I'm going to put a green sauce on this fucking egg that I put on this bread that I did yesterday. That's different than today. (laughs) And it's just. Yeah. Yeah. We're all going through it. And thank you so much for listening to us. (laughs) (laughs) Where would we be without you? Truly. Okay, let's get into the fucking show. We've. Yeah. But I'm glad that we got that out of the way. Um, Yeah. Okay, quickly. Thank you so much for your reviews. Keep sending them in. We love them. We'll read them. Uh, This review is from Wusta. Uh, 316 2020 smack in the beginning of the LA slash Chicago quarantine. Twin sister number two, Nina. Twin sister number two. Oh my God, it's the other twin. (laughs) This is out of control how these people are the best. Um, She says, I'm the second sister chiming in. But for real, it was really funny that our Unni was like freaking out about the shout out being about us because she had heard it before without even realizing it was a reference to us and was envious. (laughs) Break. Let me just say to make your Unni jealous is my highest honor. (laughs) Yes. Also, like, both of our energy is make your Unni jealous. jealous. (laughs) (laughs) Make your Unni jealous. I love that. Please don't lose your edge and keep talking about anything and everything. You know it's good when I will LOL IRL while walking by myself outside. Thank you so much, Nina. Twin sister number two. Uh, thank you so much. Appreciate you. Yay. Okay. Um, also, you guys, speaking of, when we met those twin sisters, we were at a live show. Peter and I are doing another live. We're doing an Azuma show. We're going to be on Zoom live. <laughs> and it's going to be different. Mm-hmm. I, I can't express to you how different it's going to be. It's not going to be your traditional, even the classic Ajima show from before. It's going to be different. Totally different. We're doing something different. If you We're, like come to a live show and you're like, uh, I've seen it. No, you haven't. You have You have not. This is different. No. It's new. Totally different. I mean, it's also like a different medium. We're acknowledging what the medium is and we are kowtow. We are, we are acknowledging it and therefore acting accordingly. That's right. Okay. We're not just, we're not trying to pretend that life is normal. No. We're aggressively aware that it's yes. (laughs) (laughs) Breathe. (laughs) So, come register. It's in both of it's the link in both of our bios on Ajima Show. Um, Both of our uh, Instagram bios, also the Ajima Show Instagram. All the links are in the bios. So it's five twenty nine next Friday, six p.m. Pacific, eight p.m. Central. We're also going to have a special stand-up, guest stand-up, uh, Nori Reed. Yes! So check it out. Check it out. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be different. There's going to be fucking games. There's going to be- Participation. Uh, interactions. Yeah, participation, interactive things. Like I've been doing so much like cool research for this show, and I'm like very excited to share with you guys. So please, please, please join us May 29th. Got it. Okay. With that out of the way, what is going on with you? I know we went through some <laughs> stuff, but we are. <laughs> I okay. So the last time we talked, we were I I talked to you about possibly patio with my parents. Yeah. So I 
I yesterday we they dropped off some groceries um, and like I was like dropped, gave them some stuff and blah 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 and we're talking to each other through the glass mm. and I'm like so do you guys want to move here and or just come three times a week even mm. maybe I mean like like so basically I would buy all the groceries so they would stop going to the store so they would eat at your house mm-hmm. three times a week and they would just go back and like a social distance from everybody and wear their mask and stuff. Because I was like, I under, also understand they have to have their own space. And they're not going so anywhere think, else? No. Okay. I thought. Oh. Uh, what? So I'm telling them this and I'm like, you know, if as long as you guys are careful, I like also you guys can move in here. So I'm just giving them options, yeah. right? You guys can move here. Or you can do this and you can still live separately uh, and just come like three days. Uh-huh. And my mom's like, yeah, well, you know, your dad is still working at the cleaners. What? How? So he's still going to the fucking cleaners three times a week, two hours every day. For what? For what? For, For uh, what? Just so he could get, get out the fucking house. <gasps> And customers are coming in? Sometimes. Oh my God. Sometimes. Oh my God. I Sometimes. thought it was done. I thought it was a done I deal. I thought it was done. So it turns out that the landlord asked them to extend their lease because also the landlord is going to get fucked too because no one's going to move during a pandemic. No one's buying a dry cleaner. No, no one's going to buy one. And they weren't going to do it anyway, but it would have been like someone moving in, opening up a retail store, right. a commercial space inside of the pandemic is an impossibility. Right. So he's like just looking for them to just stay there. Right. So he can get their fucking rent. Right. And so of course they agreed because my dad's like, oh yeah, okay, I can work. Oh no. And it was like literally the day that I asked them was the day that they extended it. And I didn't realize they've been lying to me. So I guess for now three weeks. Oh my God. And your mom and hasn't I, been going? No, my mom, but my mom is also picking up dry cleaning too. Um, alterations. Cause people are still bringing in fucking alterations oh for my dad to God. do. So they're, they, oh my God, that's so crazy. Oh my God. But it's also, it's crazy that they lied. And it's also my dad, as I'm talking to him, my mom, my dad is like trying to lie to me again. He's like, Anya, 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 like, uh... Yo, Korean parents are so good at lying. They're, like, not... Oh, my God. This is so triggering. It was just, like, flagrant. Flagrant. I I was, like, talking to my mom, and it's becoming clear. Tears are starting to, like, fat, big tears. Like, it's, like... (laughs) like, Welling. Yeah. You know, like, like, I'm just, like, overwhelming. Like, just tears coming out. And my dad's, like... T- trying to be like, oh, 아니야, 아니야, 안 가는 거야, 우리. 무슨 소리야, 안 가. And yeah. it's just like, no, of course you're going. Mm-hmm. You don't care that you won't be able to see your grandson because you would rather, you need to you work. You need to be and useful. I'm, and like, and we under, and, and like, <sighs> I understand that to a certain extent because my father, like, is someone that if, if, if he were to ever stop, he would die right like, you know he's like a shark that, like a shark yeah. yes yeah 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 so if he's not moving if he's not going to the next thing he does he will die and i think both of us kind of intuitively also understand that it's kind of part of the reason why I, this has been so difficult yeah <laughs> but i mean i'm also at a point where i'm thinking i after they left and i was like aghast realizing there's no way out for me uh. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> 
like, I don't think I think divorces have been put on like you I can't I can't file because you can't go to court yeah um, <laughs> file what a divorce from your parents yes I need I need to I need to go somewhere <laughs> you need to be so kidnapped out of your yeah. goddamn life. <laughs> like, there's nothing I can do. So after oh, I watch that Lord. door close, I'm like fucking freaking out. And I'm just like, dude, I was just like, I think I'm just going to have someone come. Like, I'm just going to have a nanny or find someone that's going to come. And improvisers are just like going to be just take him outside and run with him for like three hours. Your dad? <laughs> no, like someone else, like an improviser. Somebody? No, no, run with who? Oh, oh your son? <laughs> yes. I don't care. My yeah. dad is literally the most vulnerable fucking person. He's, diabe he's diabetic, old, and like, you know, loves to cough. Oh, Jesus Christ. Why are our parents fucking doing this to us till our last days? But it's the, I, the but My mom. potting up now. Is, yeah. Yeah. Well, like, so oh, what? 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 What's, what's going to happen now with the potting? It's done? I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what to do. Cause also Max's parents cannot because his, his elderly grandparents are both like in and out of the hospital. So it's like, I just need, I just need three to four hours mm -hmm. to do other work. Right. <laughs> like just like three to four hours, not even every day. A week. Like at this point, a week. At this point, I'm, I mean, I'd be grateful for anything. So this isn't really about like taking care of your parents. It's more about needing to free up some time from being a full-time mom. And wife. And wife. And house manager. <laughs> yes. You know what you need? You need like an Android. You know what I mean? Like a, something like a little robot or something that could like jerk your husband off, feed your yes. kid, run around with him in the backyard. You know what oh. I mean? Like do the, the dishes. The I, the person I've become closest to in my family is my Roomba. <laughs> the only responsible one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, you know, like every time it gets stuck on something, I'm like, let me tell you, they don't understand what we do. They yeah. don't understand the yeah. work that we do. <laughs> Nobody knows the trouble. <laughs> what a nightmare. It's true. It's uh, true. Speaking of potting up, um, I am, I, I, I'm confused because... I, I saw this LA Times article about like, if you want to pot up, this is how you should do. And, you know, it's yes. a lot about like, be honest with each other, make sure that all the stuff's like, um, uh, you know, discussed at the top. How often are we hanging out? Who else is hanging out? What are you doing? What are you not doing? Once you do yes. something else, how do you talk to each other about it? So it's a lot of that, which is why I haven't potted because I'm like, I don't want to do any of this. But we have gotten requests from two different pods okay. and that's what's kind of confusing me right now because it's like you could only choose one pod you can't be double potting no that's the whole point of a pod is to have the trust and say we're only hanging out with each other and i'm realizing that's what i do need is a, a small tribe a group a village just another face to see you know what I mean? Like, I just need something different as we talked about. So um, I'm kind of weighing the options of like potting up here, potting up there. I don't know what to do. Do I go with the better house? <laughs> I mean, is there an appreciable difference in, in closeness with either pod? Yes. Okay. One pod is closer 
the other pod has better features. Okay. So would you go to live there? No, 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 no. Like hangouts. Like hangouts. We're only and you would actually be within six. You would be within the six feet. You guys would be touching. You guys would be open to all, all that stuff. Sure. If if it comes to it, uh, let. I don't want to touch anyone right now at all. Even if like we both tested and was like bing negative, you know, yeah. like or even yeah. if we both had it. Now, by the way, did you hear it's that good news in from South Korea? Saying that uh, the people who have been reinfected with Corona yeah. are um, now they have enough cases to say that if you have had COVID and you get reinfected with COVID, it will not make you sick or it will not also uh, transmit to others. So you're walking around antibody safe. You're good. So that is a good. Do they have do they have a good antibody test yet? In Korea? Just period. Does it exist? I think it does exist. Our antibody tests have been rushed by the FDA. So and are no good. they're like 50% false positives, okay. which is useless. It doesn't, that, that means nothing. But yeah. South Korea, obviously doing their thing, um, has now, I, I saw yesterday, Lester Holt was reporting on it and he was saying good news from Korea. And now obviously there still needs to be enough of a sample size to make sure that this is like, okay, proven, we can do this now. But uh, and also there's a vaccine that's uh, working really well coming out of Moderna in America. Okay. So okay. things are moving forward, folks. I know life is crazy, but hallelujah, science. We are, yeah. you know, uh, uh, the it, we're moving forward and things are getting better. That is the key. Now, with that being said, while we wait till some kind of miracle vaccine or whatever panacea for this thing. And we get right back to work, which I don't think is going to happen anymore. But in between, I have to make a decision on how to socialize and how to do it responsibly. And now with that being said, when I pod up or socialize with people, that means I'm effectively saying goodbye to everyone else. So that's I mean, my so problem. You're not gonna socially dist- you're, not, you're not gonna socially distant hang with anyone else. Like at the park, gonna... six feet away from each other. Yeah, yeah. You're not gonna do that. I. Uh, that's what. That's what I want. I just want to hang out with people six feet away outside. Yeah. Yes. With nobody fucking coughing or sneezing. Yes. That's my ideal. Then I feel like I don't need to pot up. I don't need to hug anyone. No. You know what I mean? Like, I just want to be around people and gossip. Yeah. You know, maybe share. Even like sharing food for me or like a joint. I'm like, roll your own joint. Bring your own food. The food thing is hard. Yeah. Um, you want to feed? But I get it. I want to feed and I want to be fed. Um, well, that means then you could only do that with a certain amount of people. But I don't need it. I don't need it. I would I would really like it. But I, for me, I would just, I'm very aggressively trying to create an outdoor area on our building so that people can socially distance. So I would like for people to hang out on the ground level yeah. and then we can hang out on the deck. No. Just yell at no, each other. No, no. You're not going to hang out on the <laughs> deck. You're going to be on the ground level six feet away. You have to be. Are you not even doing that? I'm doing that. I'm, there's a park nearby where I, yeah. there's people in my neighborhood yeah. Um, and friends in my neighborhood where I go, hey, going to the park, want to meet? Yeah. And it's usually the same area in the park. We put out a little blanket 
I'm doing yeah. that after this today, actually. Going to hang out. Roshan's okay. going to be there. Zach, oh. Zach and Susan. Yeah, it's going to be great. Okay. But we've all, yeah. we've always been this kind of like, we're not hugging. We're not yeah. sharing chips or where the fuck, you know, like. But with the pod people, you would be within the six feet. We could go in the house. We could go into the bath. Take a bath in their tub. You know, like it could do anything. Like, so, and so one's a like kind of a gayer pod where it's like. I don't know if things happen. Things happen. Happen, happen. Yeah. <laughs> and one's like it's a like, it's, it's a gayer, a more adult. Pod. Yeah, it's an adult pod. Yeah, NC seventeen. <laughs> yes, no children under seventeen. <laughs> um, and the other pod is uh, PG. PG. PG, but um, closer emotionally. Yes. Yeah. So. That's the dilemma for this need? week, hon. What do I need? What do you need? I need emotional closeness. More yeah. than... The possibility More of- than the possibility of, like, being touched by another. Like, I could never yeah. be put- touched by another person for the rest of my life, and I'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good, hon. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of I'm there, too. <laughs> I don't need I just really I just need people to like flatter me and pay yes attention to that's exactly it I just need to be able to hold court for like 30 minutes mm-hmm. to three hours a week <laughs> that was such a big jump from 30 minutes to three hours hey once you're on a roll you're on a fucking roll you know like one good session I'm good for a week you know <laughs> Anyway, um, if you guys are potting up, let us know. Email us at ajimashow at gmail.com. Yeah, let us know. DM us, you know, whatever. We want to know how you're potting up. This is a crazy time for all of us. So, yeah, let us know. Oh, by the way, Laugh Quilt is done. So I'm going to, I know, I'm going to send it to you first. It sounds kind of like a laugh track, uh, which is really like nice to me. And thank you so much for sending in your laughs. We're going to be debuting that first on the Patreon and for everyone else later. Um, But thank you so much for sending your stuff. What's this hot tub show thing? (gasps) Oh, did I write about that? Oh, yeah. Oh, so, okay. Hot tub. The hot tub show is a big show here in LA. It's run by Kristen Shaw, Kurt Brown. Yeah. So it's, um, it's a show that I've, you know, loved and wanted to be part of for so long. Um, and I submitted many times and many times they were like, <laughs> yeah, right. Like just <laughs> get in line, hun. So, and respectfully, I never said, oh, how dare you? Like, I get it. Yeah. It's a big show. It's like the it show. So I'm like, okay, I'll wait. And every six months I was like, <laughs> by the way, um, hello. And they'd be yeah. like, eh, you gotta wait. And I was like, okay, yeah, I'm sitting yeah. here. Um, and then uh, I remember be- right before quarantine, right before I came to see you guys in Chicago and I was going to Grand Rapids, I got yeah. booked on um, Hot Tub. Finally. Finally. Yeah. But I had to bow out because I was going to Chicago. I was, yeah, I was like, I got to fly out Thursday and, you know, whatever. So they were like, okay. Uh, I was like, they're like, no worries. Next one. And I'm like, ah. you know, yeah, Ugh, that feeling of like, oh, I fucked up. But also I like this, yeah. I have to go to Chicago. Yeah. Um, so fast forward to this week, they reached out to me and said, hey, would you like to be on the digital show in June? So I, I got 
very excited. Yeah. But also, and and in there, and the language was very like, we get it. If you don't want to do it, this isn't for all the comics. So clearly, yeah. comics are complaining about how this sucks, right? Of course, it does yeah. fucking suck. Yeah. Um. So now I'm like, I'm I, I'm excited. Um. But also, I I, I know it's not the right thing but I, I i should do it right like i should i should just yes. do it and you know have have the most amount of fun i could have doing it and is it a zoom show or is it an ig live zoom on twitch so that's good mm, i don't know if that's good it's it would be like if we're zooming with the comedians but yeah. all the people watching are on twitch so you can't you know what I mean? It's not like what we're going to do with Azuma where like we're going to turn on people's mics. Like, yeah, that's the thing is that this is only f like the digital versions of these shows because of the unpredictability of people's mics and whatever yeah. cameras is that it makes it a one way relationship. You're there just consuming us. We don't get the response back. And that's for me. That's 90% of comedy is this. The yes. my clever wording of my jokes is yeah. 3%. So, yeah. Even me, less. You've seen it. Less. You've seen yeah. my subtitles. Too. I mean, you see my It's a lot. The thrust of it is going like outward and then, like yeah like, i mean the content is you know yeah it's, it is what it is but yeah. it's, it's more about this dance baby yeah we're doing this <laughs> thing and that's what i like about our shows and what we're doing but you know i understand as far as like industry wise these are things we ought to be doing it's the same thing as like gotta get up gotta get up gotta get up gotta stay yeah. present and and also you gotta work on your you know things your your own jokes like where else are you gonna do it so i said yes and i'm excited to yes. do it and then i got a note from uh, a friend who was like hey hollywood improv is doing these open mics they want to keep an eye out on talent and the bookers are watching these open mics and i'm like it's really starting to like i'm starting to wonder like is this the right thing like quarantine has hit and we have weird you and I are talking about let's let's evolve let's turn it into this thing a new new brave new world but half of me is stuck in this old world of like oh sh should I be showcasing for bookers like bookers for what what so am I doing what shows where are we are going you, that's what I mean so <laughs> I don't know I'm like really stuck in this space where I'm like okay as as a comic i ought to be using this time to work on my material yes um but the other side of me is like i'm not getting anything out of this so why i you know what i i agree i agree if you really don't get anything out of it i still do i for me personally some of these zoom shows personally from the ones i've done have sustained me once a week is enough once a week maybe once every other week for me it's quite honestly more than enough um because of the way that the, it is but as a result i think i can't ever get really good at it but yeah. also also 
if moving forward this is the reality, then this is something we're gonna have to try to get good at. Like, there's this is just another. <laughs> I've I've thought about it, and I just think that this is like another tool. Like, we're gonna have to need. To, we're gonna, especially moving forward, if there are gonna be some hotspot cities. Yeah. And there's like some places you won't be able to go, or like LA might be at another have another spike like this. You just have to be prepared. Like a lot of the shows, let's say even if we get to stage four. Yeah. Might need to go back to stage two. Right. And you might have booked shows. I mean, this is just going to be some shit that you have to be prepared for. Right. I think that's what I'm mostly bucking up against is like, it's almost uh, the stubborn part of me is saying like, well, if it's not going to be what I do comedy for, I don't want to do it. And then the other side of me is like, totally pivot to content. Some people have totally pivoted to different content. Yeah. And I think about that a lot because I'm like, you know, I don't do comedy to do other things. I don't do comedy so I can get, I don't know, on a show. I do comedy because I like it because I am good at it. Do comedy. I do comedy. I'm a comedian. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So. Yeah. The other stuff is only helps sustain you do the comedy. Right. And the help now that that's been kind of cut off, like, especially with this Hollywood improv thing, it's like, oh, make sure you're top of mind for bookers when this all comes back. When what comes back to what? We're going to be, you're telling me like I should be showcasing in front of you because I might get a chance to do your Zoom show? <laughs> Hun. I mean, also the idea of being in an enclosed space with like inebriated people, like 200 inebriated people laughing is to me truly a nightmare. You know, like that's all I want right now. I, I, you know what I want? I want to be in Korea Mm. and be in a 200 seat theater of everyone who's had Corona. Yeah. And I know that's, you know, a lot of people are saying that's the new like status, like, oh, I'm good. I've had it. Peace. I could go into this like club and enjoy myself because I'm, you know, so post COVID, yeah, post COVID, Poco, Poco. (laughs) That's my dream. I just want to have a Poco show where I'm sad that anyone has to go through COVID, but let's say you and I and like a hundred other people already went through it and we didn't know oh that little tickle oh that was covid oh okay now we could hang out and play i mean i probably did have covid remember how sick i was for how long i was sick? i'm saying yeah we get the antibody check right and then we're like oh oh we've had it yeah. and we're like going around doing a tour poco tour i mean that sounds fun right yes Yes. Oh, now you just created a scenario that I'm now wistful. A for. dream. <laughs> a dream. That, that even, it's like your dream makes me wistful. What the fuck? <laughs> All right, we're gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back. <laughs> oh, that does sound good. All right. Hi, my name's Dave Chang. Chef David Chang. Joining us now is Momofuku founder. David Chang. David Chang. David Chang. The term Ugly Delicious came about sort of as a 
not as a joke, but something I think I've been toying around with for many years that good food could be really great even though it doesn't look so pretty. Just because something looks imperfect doesn't mean that it's not perfect, right? It's really not only beauty in the eye of the beholder, but it's like who's setting these standards, quite frankly. All right, we are back, guys. Now, I have some really shitty news. This is this is a, something that's all over the pa papers. That's all about all over the news articles out there. Uh, Mr. Chung Wong An An Chung Wong, seventy-four-year-old elderly Korean man. So here's the story. Um, ICE, the immigration police, if you will, um, said An was lawfully admitted to the United States as a permanent resident in 1988, and then he was in 2013 convicted for attempted murder with an enhancement for using a firearm. Now, this feels like 1880, and it's Alameda County, California. This feels like, I don't know the exact story, but yeah. he, he was probably a store owner with a gun. Yeah. Maybe some kind of like residual racial bias towards black people type of situation, right? I could already see it. Uh, he was sentenced for 10 years for this crime uh, in a state prison. And he was when he was released, a federal judge denied a request for bond last week while he was in deportation proceedings. So he was getting deported after being lawfully admitted as a permanent resident. And because he was being detained, he was at ICE in Bakersfield. And um, uh, since February 21, he was he was de detained there. He had diabetes, hypertension, heart related issues. And um, he uh, they his little brother, his younger brother, has been begging and pleading the courts for him to be released uh, and pleas from a coalition of attorneys to be released on bond, which was always de denied, denied, denied. Well, he was found dead and in apparent suicide, strangulation, self-strangulation. And uh, this is... And he he was begging to be let out because of Corona. He was like, yeah. this guy and his brother, all these people were like, this guy's fucking sick. Yes, he is a convicted felon. He did his time for his crime. He was released. And then you put him in fucking ice. Detained to detained. And he's like, I'm going to die in here because of this fucking Corona thing. I'm 74. I'm immunocompromised. Let me out on, but someone will be responsible for my 74 year old ass to not flee. Where would he go, especially in times like these? And they said, no, no, no. And he ended up taking his own life in the detention center. And this is so fucked up. Imagine the suffering that this old Harabaji was dealing with in there, feeling completely lost, dejected, alone. From detainment center center to a worse detainment center, being yeah. treated like garbage by ICE. We need to fucking abolish ICE. This they they are the modern day SS, and they need to be fucking put on trial. This is disgusting what they're doing. And apparently, in a recent study, they uh I don't I forgot what the exact number. I should have wrote it down, but it was almost fifty percent of detainees, um, who were tested for coronavirus were tested positive. Almost half. Wow. That is 
out of control. And there are young children without their parents. I mean, it's really breaking my heart. This is disgusting. So I just wanted to shed light on this story and, you know, sending my uh, thoughts and, you know, prayers, I guess. If I do pray, I don't pray. But, you know, I'm thinking about the on family right now and thinking about what if this happened to my grandfather, like I would be so fucking outraged and not even be able to go out or go to court or go and do anything. This really feels like rat in a rat race, kind of like disgusting. So, um, yeah. Read about it. Uh, I think it, it, it's a horrible, horrible, horrible um, situation. And you know what? This is the making of like, you know, like Hani Michita, you know, mm. when they say like Korean ghosts haunt because of this Han. This, yes. no disrespect to this Harabaji's life, but I would love it if he was just this, the reason to become a fucking petty ass like rageful ass Korean ghost and come back and haunt the motherfucking shit out of these ice agents and the entire White House. Amen. Oh That's what I want. Korean Korean ghosts are the scariest. Korean ghosts. ghosts. Cause they like really like those kind of kishin are fucked up. Fucked up. Also because they're dealing up. with pain first. They it's trauma. Whenever I think of ghosts and stuff like that, it's always the, what is it? The, um, yes. <laughs> in a white nightgown, always in yes. some kind of like, debok. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's always, she's always died a long time ago. Long time or ago. She, or she was killed doing a recreation. <laughs> like, like she was, the- I mean, it's, so scary. So scary. That they call Burkishin because they're always like yes, drowned girls right. or like yes, yeah. Yes. Very ringu. Uh. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> that was like uh it, it, it's a fucked up story and it's happening to Latinx Mexican Americans or not, you know, people who are immigrants much more than it is Koreans, but nonetheless, like this really hits home for us. So I think this is a really good time for us to like, if you have some money to donate, you know, to Rice's or Texas and stuff like that, like (laughs) this is a good time to do it. If you do have money, I know we are like, you know. If the idea of death is preferable to staying where you are, where the idea- The death was a release for him. Release. I mean, like, let's just get real here. I mean- Notwithstanding all the things that he was guilty for, guilty of, like proven guilty, but like, I mean, also it was attempted murder. By the way, <laughs> he did not die. Yes, he tried. He tri- <laughs> so you got to give him some credit. <laughs> e for effort. But I mean, like, it's just like. I mean, and so it's happening with so many people inside of all types of deta- detainment, like from prison, jail, yeah. like these are close quarters. No one is being helped. These are the most vulnerable po- populations in our modern society. Yeah. And like, you know, this is um, 
this is a really sad instance of it affecting the Korean community, but this is a fucking problem. It's a fucking problem. Like, across the board. It's a national yeah. problem. It's a national fucking embarrassment. And yeah. a story like this really makes me rethink this whole, like, my life is so loopy. You know, like, at least we are, <laughs> at the least we are free. <laughs> oh, God, so, I, I gotta so go to the park and see the same gonna... six people <laughs> i can't eat any more avocado toast <laughs> <laughs> we should be ashamed of ourselves <laughs> actually um i would i was gonna talk it's crazy but like so we're t i've been reading a lot of stuff about very specifically asian focus race race crimes like hate crimes right now inside of the corona era yeah and like I'm sure. So I'm sure. I'm sure. Inside of these, a lot of these, these detention camps, like everyone that's Asian is like also being like high, like really highlighted and targeted right. for a lot of this sort of um, racism, and it's like very bizarre. So I've been reading a lot of them, and I was reading this one about this guy who was like, it's like this like Asian inter Asian thing that's like I want to make sure that people know that I'm not Chinese. Okay. Or I want. You know what I mean? Like that's what one of these guys, one of these articles was saying. It's like I had, I felt this like overwhelming need to. Like, what was he? He's Korean. Oh god. And he was like, I oh, wanted no. to make sure that like people knew that I'm not Chinese. I mean, we um, all so had that thought, of course. You know, yes. like not me. <laughs> you know, like of course. Yes. And so, and so it's also this weird moment where like everyone. Like, it's funny because, so this article I was reading in the Nation was about, she points out the fact that it's, we are suddenly, as Asian Americans, conspicuously visible. Mm. We're very visible, and we are traditionally a racial minority that is accustomed to being pretty invisible. Mm. And not only that, but like, then having this inter-Asian sort of like, making sure that we're not, people know that we're not Chinese. And the thing is, this is always, it's not just about now. It's always been like that. Oh, like absolutely. Always, you're always trying to prove that you're not only not Chinese, or it's always like, you're you're not whatever people in your area do not like, right? It's sure. like, I'm not Filipino, I'm not Cambodian, mm. I'm not this, I'm not Korean, yeah. right? Like that's like a lot of this idea. And so this article goes deep into this, um, idea of like inter-Asian stuff and accepting your own identity. It's um, basically a review of this book by <clears throat> this woman named um, Catherine Hong. Catherine who? No, what is this? No, Hong. Who is the lady who wrote this article? But right. it's a book is called Minor Feelings, an Asian American Reckoning. It's by Kathy Park Hong. And she is like one of these um, Asian people that did not like being Grouped in. in with all the other yeah with uh, all the other Asians in her school or wherever she was she really uh, bristled against this okay and so it's just her reckoning with this ah and, interesting and I will say that though there's this moment where she talks about realizing because she's like becomes an academic and most of her cachet is built through this Asian American identity um and that's a lot of her writing and she poses these questions and I think they're like really resonant with like where we are right now. Like you and I even where we are with our own identity. Also, she realizes and comes to understanding her own Asian American identity through friendship. 
And you and I have really done that on this very podcast. This like, entire podcast is, is built on that. Yes. Yeah. And so like it's that truly and even more so even not just between the two of us, but because so many Asian so many Asian Americans through Ajima have reached out to us, we found um like meaning in doing this podcast through connection with others and giving them the same sort of insight. Mm-hmm. And that's what she was realizing. It's like she started doing this poetry and this like girl at some random Midwestern college like came up to her and just was like, you are really important to me. Wow. And yeah, I mean, we've experienced this too, you and I. I mean, it's oh, like, yeah, I this <laughs> is how we reckon. <laughs> I, I mean, truly. I like, immediately forget. But like I am wowed yes. anytime someone emails us. We, by the way, we are sorry if we haven't gotten back to you on your very thoughtful emails. Trust yes. that we are reading all of them. We just have like a lot of stuff that we have yeah. to get back to. Yeah. We trust that we love you and we have read it. And it is sometimes I go back into Ajima inbox and reread emails that are sent to us to remind yeah. myself of the fact that that there are people watching, there are people listening, and there are people out there who need to connect. And while you and I connect and a lot of people tell tell us that they just like like to sit and listen as if we're not like doing a show for cuz you know like we always do this where we go like Omo, Omo, welcome to the Ajima show. And yeah. we do a show and then we go right into like, okay, so this is the thing because <laughs> I don't feel like Nothing we're ever, I don't ever really do, think about us doing a show. This doesn't, no. oh, this never ever felt like something for anyone else. No. So, so for, because of that, whenever someone does get something out of it, it's a immense bonus for the both of us. Cause I'm like, holy shit. Like, it's tremendous it's a tremendous feeling of like it's sometimes overwhelming to know that someone else's life if it is impacted by me screaming and <laughs> outside of the person that you're screaming at <laughs> <laughs> yeah based on who i'm screaming about that's truly like that's all i need in life Oh. I mean, it's like it's that and and that realization inside of this article was like of course that's Everything about our own personal Asian American identities that we're reckoned with, it's so much of it is about how we interact with other Asian American people and how we are able to ingest our place among. And so, like, we've talked about it all the time on this podcast about the plurality. And I think now we're getting to a point inside of our culture where we just are not no longer just Asian American. We can be specifically Korean American. We can be Mm -hmm. specifically like, and even inside of that, there's a plurality, right? Oh, so, so much. Like, so much, you know? And so there's these series of questions that this woman asked, and I just want to just say, uh, read them out. Okay. Just, just to put them out there. Okay. Because I really thought as a creative exercise, I found them really resonant is, can I write honestly? Hmm. Not only about how much I've been hurt, but how I have hurt others. Ooh. And can I do it without steeping myself in guilt? Mm. Since guilt demands absolution and is therefore self-serving. Mm. In other words, can I apologize without demanding your forgiveness? Mm. Where do I begin? <sighs> and so, wow. Ooh. yes. And so much about our her reckoning with her identity was about guilt, feeling guilty about how she acted before, mm-hmm. about asking for forgiveness. And so much about Asian American culture is about 
forgiveness, <laughs> like asking for it and guilt and like being ashamed and then seeking um, redemption for mm-hmm. the for what I feel shameful about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so much about, and I think so much of what is good about you and I is that we don't ask for that forgiveness too often because that shame is what we like to talk about on stage. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's That's what... If I didn't have that about me, I don't know what I would talk about. I don't find myself to be that interesting besides the things that I think are fucked up about me, about about how I behave slash about how I allow other people to behave towards me. That's like my entire artistic, you know, brand. That's all it is. And I thank God that you and I have the personality to be like, upfront, this is how I am. Love it or leave it. And most people end up leaving it, which yeah. is <laughs> <laughs> which is a really nice way to filter out the people who are important to you, is to be completely yes. honest and them, and let them decide. Not to coax them into like, oh, do you want me to be this? Can I be this for you? Oh, maybe mm-hmm. I'll compromise and do this. It's like, if I don't, if I, that's, it's, it's such a cool thing you brought up because it makes my life so much easier to just be like, here's who I am. And for someone to be like, okay, I'm in. And then for us yes. to not, for me to never imagine why you're in, because I haven't shown you anything but the truth. Wow. Yes. Yes. And, but I, so much of my life, I, when I was deeply closeted and Christian and yeah. all that, I live to, I live towards something. I wanted people to not f- uh, shame me. Now, all I want is to be shamed. Oh yeah, baby. Make me feel bad. <laughs> Trust me. The trick is if yes, I make my, daddy. yes, daddy, try to punish me. If, and, and not in like a self-flagellation way, but like, I think as artists, we have flagellated ourselves and yes. Doug, like what this lady said, like, can you talk about the shit that's fucked up? And more importantly, can you talk about the shit that you were fucked up to others? You've done. If you can live with that, then you're scot-free. There's no, yes. nothing could even touch you. You're you're already flying, baby. That's it. You're already flying. And so that's why this book, the way that she was approaching it, it seemed like very interesting um, about a person that has a very complicated relationship. I think my, I think our relationship with it is like a little less wrapped up in this sort of stuff sure. because of where we grew up. Uh-huh. But um, the way that she t- described how to, how she folded in her Asian Americanness into her creative process mm. with this like writing honestly, that stuff was very interesting. And I think if you're a creative Asian person, this is, sounds like a very interesting book. It brought, even the fucking book review was like, it, it brought up a lot of things especially in this time of COVID, mm. where so much about our Asian American identity is also happening inside of APAH month. <laughs> and also the PBS Asian Americans um, series that was released. So like there's been a lot of conversation about Asian American experience in America. Yeah. So like, I just think that all of us are kind of thinking about, I think I, I have for certainly because of the content been thinking a little more about it. This was a very interesting article. Check it out. And that was it. That's it. That's all I got. All right. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with Kick-Ass Koreans. Koreans call bread bang. Chinese call it bing. So there's a lot of words in China, Japan, Korea that have very similar associations. And 
having spent time and traveled throughout those regions and eating a lot of bread, I just thought, well, this is wildly, not misrepresented, I think misunderstood. You could stuff it, you could just tear it off and dip it in something. I mean, it's just bread, man, it's griddled bread. We're gonna make some water and we're gonna put in some yeast and flour. We change the recipe with some sugar sometimes, some salt. We're gonna portion it out to probably like 100 grams, bench it out, proof it, and then roll it out again, and then put it on the griddle. Probably it's like 350 degrees, and you're cooking it like a pancake. Long story cut short, it's just really delicious, and it allows us to serve it with this thing called chickpea hosel. Are we back? We're back, baby. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's like so weird. I was like, are you frozen, Peter? I was like reading something. I was like, oh, what am I? Donation.com uh, slash article slash culture. Um, I was just thinking about how I we haven't been like posting the links. And I think I don't do it because I want you to look for it. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to do the work. Do the if work. You, Look it up. Yeah, because if you look for it and even just type in Google Kathy Park Hong book, yeah. let's say. Let's say that's all you got out of it. Then you read the thing. Then you are more apt to be passionate and talk about it to someone else. If that's I true. do all the work for you, you're just getting, you know, downloaded information. And who needs that? Anyway, Nobody. that's what I was talking about. That's what I was thinking about. And that's why I was frozen. My bad. <laughs> okay, I see now. All right. It's all computing now. Yes, yes. All right, it's time for Kick Ass Koreans, y'all. Key! Yeah! All right, who do you got today? My Kick Ass, I got my Kick Ass Korean is so I was researching, um, you know, like all of, like we always do, the Kick Ass Koreans. Mm -hmm. And I was, this was, this woman actually was like made the documentary about another kick-ass Korean that I'm going to do next time. But I was like looking this woman up and I was like, oh, very cool. Her name is Taishil Kim. Mm -hmm. Kim Taishil. Okay. Uh, hyphen Gibson, uh, married a white guy. But um, she's she was uh, she was born in 1938. So she was born in North Korea. Okay. Um. And she is a documentary filmmaker, and she focuses on specifically human rights and overlooked periods in history and the Asian American diaspora very specifically. So she wrote a book and made a film of the same name called Silence Broken, Korean Comfort Women. We've all seen it. She's the documentary filmmaker. It's a woman. She's the woman who directed it? Yes. Oh, okay, cool. Wow, I didn't realize I it would be another Korean woman. I guess yes, I should exactly. have, I should have, but like it's, it's, it came out a long time ago, right? Yes. And that's the thing is like, I've seen, I was like, oh my God, it's crazy. We've all seen yeah. this, these clips. We know this fucking movie. This tour to my I, school and yes. as part of the Korean Student Association uh, member as like a treasurer, I helped bring this tour to our campus. I mean, this... And it's a woman. I mean, it's like, cool. and she's like old, older woman. She's 81 or 82 now. So like, 
What's crazy is so she's been recognized by the Rockefeller. She's got a Rockefeller Fellowship. She's got stuff with PBS, MacArthur Foundation stuff. She uh, has won the Kodak Filmmaker. I mean, she's won a lot of shit. Okay, so she's born in North Korea. Um, she and then in at in 1945, she they move across the parallel to South Korea, and they're very into the Korean independence movement, and uh, are really big Christians. Okay. So they ultimately, she moves, ultimately moves to Boston, attends Boston University, where she gets her PhD. So she's like a moksadar. Oh, okay. PK. She gets her PhD. Yes. She's like, uh, obtains her PhD in religious studies. And um, so she's like, a you can see, she's like a fancy, almost everyone from North Korea was like fancier, you know? Yeah. You got out, you had money. Yes. Yeah. Um, so she, and then she, so this is in the 60s from 1969 to 1978, she graduates from Boston University and then teaches religion at a seven sister school, Mount Holyoke. Oh, wow. Yes. Mount Holyoke was like my dream school to go to. Was it? Yeah. Wow. It's like, it's like, you would, you, you would like, really like an all girls liberal arts. Yeah. Haven. I mean, yeah, it's, it's like, of course, it's like, there's so many things now where I'm just like, oh, clearly I was gay. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're like, let me get out of this so I could just be around smart girls. Yeah. Like hairy, smart girls. Yes. Yes. I, like, <laughs> when I think back to my high school room, it's like I had huge pictures of Eleanor Roosevelt. Ah! Like, huge. It's like, what was like, the fucking duh. Yeah. Anyway, so. The original power dyke. <laughs> yes. So she did all of this and then now, her, this book that, this film that I very specifically was citing is called Saigu. 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 Yeah, 429. Yeah. So, like, it's, it was, this, this is the one where she um, interviews people from the LA riots. Mm -hmm. And so it's like storekeepers and all specifically women. And so she currently lives in New York, but like, I just wanted to highlight her because one, what a fucking badass. Amazing. Like in a time and of a of a time yeah. where, like, not notwithstanding just being a woman, being Korean, being an immigrant, an immigrant, mm -hmm. you know, and being very religious, yeah, and also like recognizing that even at that point, in like the '60s, that this was like a story that deserved to be heard. Yeah, so ahead of her time. Yes. Yeah. And the thing is, and this is like the thing that goes back to what I was talking about before, which is like, as long as you're talking about your truth, there's no, you are of no time. You know, right? that's so cool that you just said that because I have been thinking about how many kick-ass Koreans we have done. Mm -hmm. And most of them are queer slash femme leading yes. because just us, right? Yeah. <laughs> and the fact that we never run out of these people and every time we do it we're like wow ahead of our time wow yeah. so brilliantly prophetic or like i i wish there was more of this there were that we just weren't yes. told about them so it really makes me go oh i just have to look a little bit I don't have to let fucking KBS television or whoever the fuck YouTube tell me who's important. There are important people out there and they are the people I want to relate to. Queer, yes. femme, badass, mm -hmm. you know, uh, trend setting. These are the people that I enjoy and I that makes me feel good about being Korean. And that's the coolest thing about this is that 
we never run out. You always think never. we're like, oh, who am I going to do? Oh, there's plenty of people that are yeah. cool, femme, and queer. And um, my kick-ass Korean is just that person. This person, um, his name is Kim Yonglong, but their drag persona name is Nana Yonglong Kim. <laughs> At Nana underscore Yonglong Kim. Check, check him out. It. I, I happened upon her on a YouTube video uh, okay. and because I've been watching one a lot of makeup ones, like not a makeup one. Ones? It was like a, yeah. one of those, like it, I forgot who did it, but it was her and another uh, drag queen and they were maybe in Canada or something and they were meeting um, Koreans for the first time. But the Koreans would walk in like this with like their eyes um closed and they would sit okay. down and the producer would be like oh when okay yeah. one two three and they open their eyes and they record their reaction and so oh. many so much so much of the reaction is obviously shock because yeah that's the last thing you're thinking but in almost immediately every single person's like oh yeah. Oh, so beautiful, gorgeous. And this was a video that really like shook me. And I was like, oh my God, there's good in the world. There's positivity. And she was one of these drag queens. Um, yes. Oh. Hot. Okay. Yes. She considers herself a, a drag artist. She is a trendsetter. She is a fabulous queen. She's a fucking bad bitch and hot oppa. Okay. Yeah. Hot guy. This person is... I can't I can't figure out who's hotter, the boy or the drag girl. They're both yeah. stunting, okay? Yonglong Kim, Nana Yonglong Kim performs in LGBTQ scene in Itaewon, all over Japan and China. Uh, they say about a decade ago there were still many haters who were slamming me. He said even the gay community was unaccepting and shaming him for going around in drag because that's too sissy. Drag, ah. dressing up in girl so drag is so i mean obviously korea is still hugely behind this one stat really blew my mind according to the korean society of law and policy on sexual orientation and gender identity soki s-o-g-i mm -hmm. south korean rainbow index that's what it is which measures the lgbtq rights in various countries it was 11.7 percent in 2018 only a bit higher than russia's which is 10.9 percent this is yeah striking for such a first world leading country as far as technology yeah. and culture all right when i i read this uh, article that vice did on nana they were while they were talking and interviewing mm -hmm. three guys passed by during their interview and yelled are you a dude gross like saying horrible shit to him and without even flinching nana was like thank you bitch and this is the type of queenery that I yes. want to highlight, okay? They conclude it by saying, I can't help if you don't understand it. I feel happy yeah. if I have people who love me. I am busy taking care of those people. When you hate on me, I will love my loved ones even more. Oh. Hallelujah, amen. And that's it. <laughs> Give it up. Go check them out. Follow them. They an incredible Instagram presence. Yes. He does Instagram live out of drag and is cursing like a motherfucking sailor the entire time. And I am here for it. I live. 
<laughs> he is so badass. He spent time in New York, like four years in New York, I think going to college. So okay. speaks like pretty good English. And uh-huh. the last Insta live I saw him, he was just like sitting there, like beautiful skin and just being like, I peg in you know, and she started saying yeah. all this shit about like what white people have been saying and like how like and absolutely eviscerating white people on YouTube all in Korean and just like going in and I was like oh my god I have found a new I have been looking for a mentor and yeah. she is it wow I'm following I'm following Nana Yongno Kim yes that's it yeah alright well that's our show let's close it out with um anything to plug oh besides the Azuma show Azuma? I know May 29th May 29th get on the get on the event right uh, register please don't do it last minute because it will sell out It yeah. our show sell out honey sorry. sorry sorry about it no but please register so that we know how many people are going to be there we're so excited to do these games um, anything else you want to plug out there Any, anything coming up no no <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to be at the Hot Tub Show on June. Um, I'll post about it um, later. But if you have time, come watch it on Twitch and it'll be fun. All right. Thank cool. you. Love you. Bye. Bye.